Well, friends, it's great to be with you all this morning as we embark on our journey through the book of Acts. Really exciting to be doing this. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, we hear of the birth of the early church and the power of the Holy Spirit equipping the church for ministry. You can turn there with me, Acts 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 8 specifically. But just a few introductory remarks here. In Acts, we see that Jesus Christ is alive and at work in his church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts is written by Luke, St. Luke, the physician, who is an educated man. And this book of Acts is the second part in his work, Luke Acts. Just as with Luke's gospel, here again in Acts, Luke writes an orderly historical account of what has transpired in order that we may have certainty, that we would have certainty. Friends, again, as we need to know this, and we need to remind ourselves of this constantly, especially as the world grows more hostile to the gospel and to Christianity. What we have recorded here in Scripture and here in the book of Acts, this is no fable. It's no fairy tale. This is written history. And this is the inerrant word of God. And so it's great to be diving into this book of Acts with you. Now, in the book of Acts, a few things that we're going to see. The book of Acts reports events that are associated with the establishment and growth of the church in the first generation after Jesus' ascension and his bestowal of the Holy Spirit, which we'll see on the day of Pentecost. We then hear of what the Holy Spirit does through the apostles and then through the entire church, Jew and Gentile descent. In Acts, friends, we ultimately see the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in many ways. Specifically, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, we hear this. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Acts records the fulfillment of God's covenant promise to impart blessing to all nations through Abraham's offspring, ultimately, who is Jesus of Nazareth. The Holy Spirit is the gift promised, and we'll see this as we move through Acts. The Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. At Pentecost, the Spirit enabled Jesus' apostles to speak the gospel in the languages of the nations, that they would hear and understand and the gift of the Holy Spirit was promised to those who repent and receive baptism in Jesus' name. We see that in Acts 2, verse 38. In Acts, we're going to hear of many things. We're going to hear of Samaritan believers, uncircumcised Gentiles ushered into the church, the Holy Spirit equipping the church across all nations for ministry by his power. Jesus' ongoing ministry Jesus at work in his church by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, friends, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Today, let's look specifically at Acts 1, verses 1 to 8. Look at verse 1. 
In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. In verse 1, we hear Luke mention the first book, right? Of course, Luke is referring to the Gospel of Luke, which was also addressed to Theophilus. Theophilus. Now, we see similarities between the beginning of Luke's Gospel and the beginning of Acts. Both volumes are, are dedicated, to, dedicated to a person named Theophilus. Now, the name Theophilus means friend or lover of God. And Theophilus can also mean one who is loved by God. Now, some commentators believe this Theophilus was a specific person. Others hold that this name applies to all those who are lovers of God. Now, regardless... Luke Acts is addressed to one who loves God. Friends, this book, in a deep sense, is addressed to you, believer. Right? In fact, the, the whole Bible is addressed to you in a deep sense. That you would know God more and more. That you would come to love him more and more as you dive into his word. This is a word for you. The Spirit will speak to you as you spend time in this book. So Luke says here in verse 1 that in the Gospel of Luke, he's dealt with all that Jesus began to do. All that he began to do and teach. Well, what about this book, Acts, then? What's Acts about? Well, in Acts, Luke continues to deal with and record what the risen Jesus continues to do, what he continues to do through his church by the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we've been saying it over the last few weeks since Easter. Jesus is alive and he is at work from his exalted position at the right hand of the Father. He is still at work through the power of the Holy Spirit. So take heart, believer, this day. Whatever you're going through in this day, the trials that you're going through, the suffering that you're enduring, take heart because your king reigns. He is alive. He's at work in your life and he's at work right here, right now in his church. So let us embark on this journey through Acts and we will see how Jesus was at work in the early church. Look at verse 2. Until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. In verse 2, the day that Luke is referring to is his ascension. When Christ was taken up to his exalted heavenly position at the right hand of the Father. After the resurrection, friends, Jesus communicated to his apostles the reality of the resurrection, right? The, as well as the truth of his calling as the long-awaited Messiah, the blessing of the Holy Spirit and the reality of his physical resurrection body. Jesus is alive. The mention of the Holy Spirit during the 40 days between Jesus' resurrection 
and ascension before Pentecost prepares us readers for that promised event that we will encounter in Acts 2 as we get there. So Christ is Lord. He is alive. He is reigning and he calls us to live in obedience to his commands. Friends, just as he chose the apostles for a specific role and called them to to obey his commands as witnesses, so he chose us as disciples to call him Lord and risen Savior, to follow him and to preach the apostolic faith that many would be saved through faith in Christ. Let's move on here. Verse 3. Verse 3, he presented himself alive. Christ is alive, and we can trust the word of God. We can trust Luke's orderly account. Right? This was an educated man writing that we would have certainty. This orderly account of history that Christ suffered and died and rose again on the third day defeating sin, Satan, and death by the cross and by the empty tomb. Friends, in verse 3, we hear there are many clear proofs that our Savior is risen and reigning. Christ's resurrection seen by the disciples, ultimately, friends, preparing them to be witnesses to his resurrection. In verse 3, we hear of 40 days The time from the resurrection to the ascension after Christ ascended to heaven, the disciples then stayed 10 days in Jerusalem waiting for the promised outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Remember that passage from Joel that I read? That outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we will see occur in Acts 2 on Pentecost. Verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God has come near you. Repent. Change your mind. Turn. Believe the good news the gospel. Friends, he is building his kingdom. The king is on the throne, and we will see the consummation of that kingdom through Jesus' second coming, through the day of judgment, through ultimately the new heavens and the new earth. For those who put their faith in this king, this king who is living, who is alive, For those who put their faith in King Jesus, the penalty for their sin is paid for in full by Christ on the cross. Jesus, the King, bearing the wrath of God on their behalf. Through faith in this King, one receives the forgiveness of their sins, his righteousness, and eternal life in the heavenly kingdom. Repent. Change your mind. Turn, believe, the kingdom of God is at hand. King Jesus is reigning now. His kingdom is advancing now. Turn, repent, believe the good news. 
Look at verses 4 to 5 as we get into the bulk of this text. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, friends, in verses four to five, Jesus stays with them. Now, many times as he did this, he'd commune with them over a meal, as we'd seen in previous weeks. He orders them here to stay in Jerusalem. To stay in Jerusalem for what will be 10 days as they, they wait on the Lord. Right? To stay and to wait. Friends, how often we are impatient. Myself included. We too must wait on the Lord at various times in our life. To be patient. To wait. To trust Him. This is what He's calling the apostles to here, waiting ultimately in the context of the text for the promised pouring out of the third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who would, who would fill them and strengthen them and equip them for their ministry. The Holy Spirit equipping the apostles and then the whole body of Christ worldwide for various forms of ministry. Friends, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is the gift of the Father as promised in the Old Testament and the gift of the Son. Proceeding from the Father and the Son, the third person of the Trinity comes to empower the church. Verse 5, John the Baptist baptized crowds of people. John's water baptism of repentance course, in many ways, pointed forward to the Christian sacrament of baptism, which is a sign of the new covenant. In our 39 articles, it says a sign of regeneration or a sign of new birth, right? Christian baptism, the sacrament, that the promises of the forgiveness of sins and of our adoption to be sons of God by the Holy Ghost are on display in this sacrament of baptism, that we are brought from death to life, that we are cleansed in the blood of Christ, and that this is true of us who have true faith. But verse 5 here speaks of this baptism called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, you see that? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or in Luke 3, verse 16, it says, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, well, what is this then? Now, surely, friends, we know this certainly, that the apostles were already born of water in the Spirit. They were already regenerate, right? They had entered new life. They had gone through new birth. God had caused them to be born again changing the disposition of their hearts and bringing them to saving faith. This was all, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit. And so what is this baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus speaks about will happen ultimately on Pentecost? 
Let's keep moving here. Verses 6 to 8. Verses 6 to 7 specifically, we see that the, the disciples aren't quite spot on with what Jesus is referring to here. Look at verse 6. In verse 6, the disciples, they've heard everything that Jesus has been saying, right? About the kingdom. About staying and waiting. And this whole thing about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they just don't quite get it yet. Right? They go on to ask if Jesus is going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Right? Verse 6. So they had come together. When they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They still don't have the full picture right yet. The disciples here seem to think that, you know, maybe now's the time that Christ is going to overthrow the Romans. Right? And restore the physical kingdom to Israel. Friends, here they're still thinking too small. Christ's kingdom is not of this world. They're thinking about ethnic Israel, whereas Jesus' plan includes the Holy Spirit being poured out on all nations. The blessing of all nations Think of the Old Testament prophecy fulfilled here. The blessing of all nations through Abraham's offspring, King Jesus. The fulfillment of Joel's prophecy that we, that we read, that the Spirit would be poured out on all nations in these last days. Not just ethnic Israel. Not just ethnic Israel. Not even just the church in Jerusalem. The apostles don't even know what the risen Christ is going to do through Acts. Wait till they see what he has in store. The spirit, friends, will be poured out on all. The Gentiles too. All nations. All people groups. All races. All cultures. All nations. A multinational church a worldwide, universal church. Ultimately, friends, a heavenly body of believers equipped with the heavenly power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus has in store. So it's not about political Israel. It's about the universal church. And it's about the second coming of Christ ultimately ushering in the new heavens and new earth, the old passing away and the new coming. And friends, believer here today, the new has come in the heart of every believer who is born again and who is equipped for ministry by the Holy Spirit. It's all on display in the book of Acts, and we'll see this. Now look to verse 8 as we come to a close. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So in verse 8, Jesus tells them what this baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like. The Holy Spirit coming on the apostles and on the church, empowering them. Well, empowering them for what? 
Ultimately, the Holy Spirit empowering them for the Great Commission. The Holy Spirit equipping them for ministry. That they would be clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit filling and strengthening them as witnesses. Witnesses of the risen Christ. Friends, Jesus is alive and reigning. In Acts, we're going to see this clearly. Through the preaching of the gospel, through miracles, he is alive and at work continually in his church, his body by the Holy Spirit. Friends, from the apostles to all nations, the Spirit of God poured out in these last days, believers going forth in boldness to proclaim the good news of Christ's kingdom and saving grace. The Spirit equipping believers for this work, for this ministry, preaching the truth of the gospel, that people would turn to Christ and be saved, receive the forgiveness of their sins, and stand on a firm heavenly foundation for their life. In Acts, we will see the Holy Spirit poured out on many groups, Jew and Gentile alike, The Holy Spirit poured out on all believers and not restricted to a few. And it all stems from the apostles and what we will see happen on Pentecost in a few weeks' time. Friends, I'm very excited to be moving through Acts this season with you. But I want to end with an encouragement from Acts 2, verse 38. Hear this today, friend. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Believer, the Spirit has caused you to be born again. Has brought you to a repentant, saving faith. You've gone through this conversion. You've received the sacrament of baptism. That speaks God's sure promises to you. You also have received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has been poured out on you, has baptized you, and is equipping you for ministry, even right now. Friend, hear this. You are part of the body of Christ, the church. You are united to Christ by faith. Friend, you have a role to play to be a witness, to preach the apostolic faith, to be used as a vessel for God's glory and his grace. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on the body and you are part of this body. You are being equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have an unshakable foundation for your life and you are being empowered to preach the good news that others would come to believe and experience the inexpressible joy of Christ, the forgiveness of their sins and everlasting life. So press in, believer, this day. Press in and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Go forth 
by the power of the Holy Spirit in the various ways that he has gifted you. Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Love God and love others. And trust that the risen Savior is at work in you by the immense power of the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of the Spirit. So press in, be filled, be strengthened. Preach the gospel and know that the Holy Spirit goes with you and empowers you for this ministry. The same Holy Spirit who dwells within you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you this day. We thank you that we get to embark on this journey through the book of Acts. Lord, you are alive and working in your church. Jesus, please equip us, continue to equip us by your spirit that we would be filled, that we would press in and be strengthened and that you would go forth that you'd be glorified in our lives. Lord, that we would be vessels of your grace and mercy, preaching the good news that many would be saved, that many would come to be born again and equipped for ministry by the Holy Spirit. Be with us. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.